On this episode of Mike Up Pod, I bring in a good friend, Lena Chamil. Lena just so happens to be a psychologist. She provides great tools on how to cope with anxiousness and depression. We got into the topics of homelessness and mental health, how powerful the brain is, the power it has to consistently think positively, and how to get over some insecurities. We all have them. This episode really provides ways and means for all of us to simply be better humans. Enjoy. I'm here with Lena Chamil. And uh, it's a funny story, actually. We met through your husband, Rhett. I played softball with Rhett on Tuesday nights. Yeah. And I remember playing. We had like good, solid four or five seasons together. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when Rhett was pregnant. You guys were pregnant with Kelly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm pregnant, you know, but, but no worries. You know, we'll, we'll come back. It's just Tuesday nights. It's an hour and a half or so. You know, mm-hmm. Lena won't mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Back in my head. I'm Little like, did we know. <laughs> I'm like, this dude ain't coming back. <laughs> Season's over. We're never going to play again. We're never going to see each other again. <laughs> so you knew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's over. So, yeah, three years later, here we are. Kelly is amazing little boy. And um, oh, what's it like you. having a family? Oh, it's mind-blowing. It's so crazy. Such a change in, in what we've been used to. and But it's, yeah, it's hard. But it's, like, so exciting. And then it's difficult. And... Man, it is. Yeah, it's D- a lot. Difference between dating and actually being married, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and was there ever a time when you were like, I know you guys went were together for a really long time, but mm-hmm. was, was there ever a time when you were about to get married and you were nervous about being married? I mean, I, I you know, your relationship mm-hmm. is so natural, mm-hmm. and probably I feel it isn't, like it, right? Yeah, yeah. But is was there still? Did you feel some, you know, some? anxiousness or something you know yeah I knew no definitely I I knew I wanted to get married and we knew we wanted to marry each other I think both of us had our own feelings towards it and for different reasons I think Rhett along the lines of a lot of other men have this role they have to fulfill about like wanting to provide and wanting to be you know have enough money and you know that that idea um on the other hand, I grew up figure skating. So I was a f- competitive figure skater for about 17, 18 years. So when I stopped skating, I tried to figure out, okay, what do I, why, what do I want to do with my life? And so I wanted to figure out what I needed to do as a career. Um, so in my 20s, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with myself and who I was. So it took me a little while to kind of wrap my own head around joining another life in marriage when I didn't even know who I was really. Um, So once I entered, once I got into graduate school into my doctoral program, it was pretty dicey at that time because I'm just, I just wasn't sure which way I was going to go. Um, existential crisis, I guess you would say. Um, so once kind of that was put in concrete, um, I was able, or put in cement, I was able to say, okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? He's like, yeah, let's do this. So we, um, yeah, we started talking rings and started, you know, kind of on that path and went to New York and he proposed. It was awesome. You guys have been together for 19 years that's yeah. crazy. I know. It is crazy. You guys started dating when you were in second grade, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> yes. First first kiss, first love underneath the lunch tables. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah. 19 going on 20 and he That's was awesome. about 22, 23. Mm-hmm. The difference between now dating to marriage, we got. We, yeah. we know that there's something there, right? You're, you're mm-hmm. feeling something in your stomach at least. Yeah. Now the difference between marriage and now having a family and a mm-hmm. kid, what's that mm-hmm. like? 
Oh, it's it's going between yes, and it's it's so incredibly like there's so much uncertainty there because you don't know what it's going to be like. There's no playbook for it. No, right? Like having kids, there's no playbook for that. Like marriage, you know, is you know, you hopefully you find the right partner make you better. Mm -hmm. But the kid is like, I mean. Thankfully, you guys are good people. You've got good, you know, foundation, parents, and all that is mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah, thank goodness. Right? I yeah, mean, without so that, grateful. then forget it. Yeah. But still, it's it's different, right? It is so different, and there's things that come up that you wouldn't even realize would come up. Like just understanding how um, important and significant it is to be on the same team, and but also so important to understand. Okay, I don't know what I'm doing, and it's okay if that's and that's okay. And it's okay if you don't know what you're doing either. Okay, let's try to figure it out together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, I think that was the biggest thing for us to kind of get used to as we were in that first year with Kelly. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, you got Kelly now, so you know, I mean, the second one's going to be easy, easy breezy. That's what we think. Yeah. You know, that's how it is, right? Boy or girl? It's going to be a girl. Oh, man. I know. That is awesome. So that, that throws a <sighs> stick in our wheel. That it's is so funny. Be so great. Kelly's going to be so protective over her, too. Oh, I hope so. Oh, my God. We can't wait to see how that so dynamic awesome. is going to be. Names yet? No, not yet. Okay. I was joke with Rhett I want like you know old grandma names yeah. I think those are like the strongest and the, like Phyllis or Gladys or oh. Ethel you know are those great <laughs> maybe for a middle name Lena I don't know about, I know I don't know first name yeah no no that poor thing's gonna be grown up and like I know. imagine can her you, social media tag like Ethel Ethel 32 yes <laughs> poor little thing I know oh man no I'm just teasing Rhett I wouldn't do that but isn't that great though yeah. aren't this awesome for sure but yeah, no, no names yet. We're so just kind of waiting. You're a psychologist. Almost. Yeah. Almost. So I'm still Almost in the process of, of uh, graduation. So I, like I was saying, I, I got into graduate school and it was a difficult um, kind of journey for me. Um, as I said before, I, um, I grew up figure skating mm-hmm. and so went through a lot of kind of identity issues and um, a lot of injury and a lot of, you know, so I went towards the end of my competitive career, I had a really bad injury in my back. And so I went to a couple of psychologists to kind of deal with, you know, coming back, you know, returning to sport, trying to deal with like, um, you know, the loss of, of having my body work the way it used to. So I met a couple of psychologists. There was one that was really focused in on athletes and in, in sports psychology. So that kind of really kind of turned something in my brain, put a little light bulb in there. And it was so interesting to have somebody there who understood what it was like to be in a sport, in a competitive sport, and then also to have um, kind of no bias, you know? They didn't have any relationship with my coach. They didn't have any relationship with my family. They were just there for me to hear me out, to have somebody to talk to, and to really help guide, not guide me, yeah, I guess guide me, but just kind of walk beside me as I was dealing with this. So when I started going to um, City College, actually, that's where I met Rhett, Um, I went to Pasadena City College and I took some psychology classes and one that really sparked my interest was physiological psychology and it really dealt with brain and um, the behavior and our behaviors and so that relationship and I really, really thought that was so fascinating and so 
that kind of sparked my interest to understand, okay, what does it become, what does it take to become a psychologist and what kind of psychologist? There's different degrees, there's different um, kind of specialties and focus uh, among the different um, um, kind of degree, yeah, degrees. So it took me a while to try to figure out what I wanted to do, but I knew that working with athletes was always something that I wanted to do. So that's kind of been my, my motivation. So are you working with athletes at Cal State LA now at, uh, on an internship basis? So I was at Cal State Long Beach Long last Beach. year okay. for my internship. It's a year-long internship. It's kind of like residency for medical students. And so it's at the end of my uh, education of my doctoral degree. So after this, I'm finishing my dissertation, and my dissertation is on um, elite female athletes, and I'm developing a webinar to raise their awareness and to empower them to understand how their co- how their relationship with their coach really affects their well-being, and so and what to do about it. So yeah, I we tried to build a relationship with the, with the athletic department mm-hmm. at Cal State Long Beach. But it's interesting, so many different universities have so many different ways to help their athletes. And ones that have more uh, funding, they have mm. an, uh, their own team of psychologists or their own team to in-house working with them. Others don't. They have people that they send off campus and they have their own con- consultants and um, sports psychology you know, professionals. But where I was, I was in the counseling and psychological services. And so I was dealing with the, just the general student population, working with um, uh, undergraduates and graduate students and a few athletes as well. Mm-hmm. But um, Is that but where yeah. you want that, Phil? Is that, where, is that your ultimate goal, to work with athletes? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. So that triggered you from back in the day when you hurt your back ice skating. Mm-hmm, hmm Interesting. Definitely, definitely. Because there's so much that athletes have to deal with, um, you know, on the mental aspect, but then also performance, but also, you know, handling what, what's going on, balancing life and and sport, balancing family, balancing what they want, you know, what, where's their motivation coming from and also balancing mental health concerns, you know, um, it's really difficult. What sport have you worked with so far? Um, there was a few, I've uh, worked with a rower, um, and um, we've worked with a um, some track and field students, student athletes, and um, yeah. So I haven't done with haven't, injury yeah. stuff though. Is that like when they got injured, or is it more of like a mental thing where they screwed up on a race or something and and they can't get over it? I have well, it's mostly group work so far. So like offering workshops that we were able to at at Long Beach. Okay. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do a lot of one-on-one okay. with them just because of how it's set up there in the system. Um, so, and plus we were, I was still in, I'm still in training. So, um, we don't get access. We didn't get much access to the athletes okay. with the one-on-one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Schooling is intense though, right? Yes. With like six to eight years or something? Mm-hmm. So yeah. four years undergraduate, two years master's and another four for a uh, doctorate doctoral degree you said four two and four mm-hmm. that's 10 years mm-hmm. holy moly I know. that's just as long as you've been with Rhett almost, almost. yeah <laughs> I know it's exactly. crazy you know exactly. it's cool though because you've you've you know your passion mm-hmm. you've stuck to your passion mm-hmm. and you're going to complete to get to your passion you know yes. that is uh, yes. seriously that's awesome because yeah. that schooling I don't like school and yeah. and there's 
like there's no way I can do 10 years of school. It's incredible. Yeah. I know. I And I wasn't a really good student at all. I mean, so I spent a lot of time skating. And in high school, I had to, I, I skated in the morning. So I took off home, uh, like homeroom and all the, you know, different classes. And really the focus growing up was skating. It wasn't school. So I wasn't a really good student. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't one of those students that, you know, couldn't, you know, didn't have to study and then just got A's. I had to work really hard mm -hmm. and spend a lot of hours studying mm -hmm. because it was, my focus was elsewhere. But your passion is pushing you to get there. Yes. And so, know? yeah. And, and so skating that's... really taught me to, I think I carried that over with trying to get through the school. And for like, sure. Yeah. Well, with this sure. drive, it's nuts. Let's get into the, uh, my infatuation with the brain. Okay. I think it is the most powerful tool ever. Mm -hmm. The brain can have you do anything. Thing you want it to do mm -hmm. and it can go negative a hundred times it can go positive a hundred times right and mm -hmm. so a lot of us unfortunately the first thing that comes to our minds usually is the negative totally right mm -hmm. so how do we transform that to be to, to turn into a positive it's incredible how significant our thoughts can shape the way we behave and the way we feel about ourselves mm -hmm. Even if other people, whatever we pick up from other people and how they're affecting us. And because you hear, for example, you know, I'm expecting in December and at this state, you think of the what worse can happen, right? And you hold on to that. And so you think you remember all of these negative stories and all these really bad experiences that women have had and that you've heard and that you've read, but for every one of those bad experiences or bad, you know, traumatic, um, births or miscarriages, God forbid, mm -hmm. there's millions of positive, healthy baby, healthy stories, healthy babies that, that happen. Yeah. Every day. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's in, incredible how these thoughts can focus on the negative, these negative thoughts and that they can just get bigger. And that they, you could, and they just run away mm -hmm. and they just tie and link and it just can go on and on and on. And it's interesting because until you are really aware that that's happening, you can't stop it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, it's so easy for it just to be allowed to happen. And that's when it can just get, it can fester and, um, and it can just, you know, kind of ruminate you just end up ruminating these thoughts and that's when it can get really difficult to mm -hmm. get out of. Mm -hmm. how, is, I mean, are there tools, are there ways? I mean, how do you, I, I, the way I look at it mm -hmm. is, and I could, I could be 100% wrong, but it's worked for me. Mm -hmm. People, being around good people, mm -hmm. positive people, positive-minded mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So your brain doesn't go to the other side. Mm -hmm. um, I think meditating is good, mm -hmm. right? I think yoga is good. I think those are all good tools. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, beyond that, even, even then you can, you can get negative, yeah. uh, you know, stuff in your head. You can, but I think what you just touched on was so important. Knowing exactly what works for you, you know, being aware of, you just said, I know what works for me. And that is amazing. You know, what works for you, that you like being around people that lifts you up, that kind of takes you out of your negative space or your sure. negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
Um, for other people, it could be yoga, like what you mentioned. They need that alone time to focus on their um, connection with their mind to their body and put that energy into their body and their movement. Uh, meditation, um, understanding how to kind of be aware of these thoughts. So it's, it's the awareness. And I think with like the negative thinking and the negative thoughts, it's understanding and being more aware of, okay, what is this negative thought? Where is this coming from? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're so crazy busy and it just, it kind of runs away with you. And, and sometimes you just don't get to have that space to, to just sit and just realize, okay, why is this making me mad? No, like, I'm just mad. I'm just, ter- you know, I'm just. What's the root? What's the root right, of it? Right. You know, and I, and what I find too is like if somebody comes up to me and asks for advice, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I give decent advice. Mm-hmm. But if you ask yourself, like if you're going through the same thing, mm-hmm. why don't you give yourself that same advice, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I think that's another good tool, right? Because if, if I'm feeling a certain way mm-hmm. and I take myself out of that mm-hmm. and I tell myself, hey, if somebody's going to ask me this same question, mm-hmm. what, what advice would I give him? Mm-hmm. Right. You tell yourself that. And right. Right. Because who is the expert on you? Like, are you the expert on you? I would think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who we know else? our bodies best. We know ourselves best. Yeah. Exactly. Who knows more about you than you? Mm-hmm. And so that that's the key right there. And I think that's really important because I think that's also what happens in therapy. And when you do sit with somebody and really the therapist is there to walk beside you, not to tell you what to do. That's not our job. Mm -hmm. Our job is not to say, okay, oh, you know what you should do? You should do this, you know, of making decisions or doing that kind of thing. But we do offer like, okay, let's have some ideas of coping skills. What does that look like for you? And just to kind of investigate really what works. Because it's so different for everyone. It is, for sure. I think every case Mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. We're all different. We all have different personalities and and, and Mm -hmm. egos and sense of humor. So I think Mm -hmm. you have to treat everybody differently, right? We're all made differently. Like, I don't think two of us are made the same. No. Yeah. Uh -uh. Yeah. That's why one thing doesn't work for everyone. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, it's, yes, meditation, being social, um, relaxation techniques, more sleep, more exercise, more, um, you know, uh, understanding your diet and how that helps or hinders, you know, so all of these things are such great things to try and to see how it can, um, you know, change Fact, and, yeah. and affect your, your anxiety, your depression, your, your self-esteem, mm-hmm. your negative thoughts. So it's awesome. I think yeah. mental health is a huge thing. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like we're right in the middle of it living mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, the LA County or LA area, whatever it's, mm-hmm. there's so much of it and it's so unfortunate. And I think the, the, the homeless crisis here, I think there's up to like 86,000 homeless people on the streets mm-hmm. and how much of that is mental health? I don't know exactly the exact numbers because there's so many different things that can lead to homelessness and this crisis that's happening in LA right now or in Southern California I think they're even trying to to make it like this um, it's an emergency concern and I think um is there I think the governor is trying to pass a bill or they're trying to pass something to make this an emergency crisis Mm -hmm. but um yeah meant uh homelessness is caused by so many different factors and it's so individualized as Mm -hmm. well so it could be mental health um it could be drug addiction it could be um this difference in 
you know, socioeconomic status of, you know, what's happening with some of our neighborhoods here in LA of gentrification and, you know, the, the housing market, you know, um, or raising the rent, you know, a lot of people are really struggling and, you know, going from paycheck to paycheck. And really it's a social, it's a social issue, Mm -hmm. sociological issue that that's really difficult to, and I feel like it's the worst here, not so much the homelessness or the mental health or whatever. I just feel like there's too much competition and everybody's competing Mm. with one another. I think social media has a huge hand in that mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you, you put posts up for likes, you mm-hmm. put posts up to, to get some attention mm-hmm. and it's ugly. It's ugly. We were talking pre-show so how social media can be the greatest tool of mm-hmm. all time. If you're, if you know how to use it, if you're trying to promote something, mm-hmm. a business yourself, whatever, but it could be the ugliest thing in the world too. Yes. And I, I feel so like hard. that, that part of social media kind of, brings in the mental health issue with things, right? It, I mean, mm-hmm. it could really screw people up mm-hmm. and it has, mm-hmm. right? That, that, could, that could be another factor. It's really difficult. I mean, and, and it, I think because of this surge, it's, it's hard to keep up with, mm. you know, um, just, you know, what, maybe six years ago when I started my graduate program, um, because I took a couple extra years for family and because uh, yeah, why not? of having yeah. Kelly and make it for, for 47 yeah, I know. years of schooling. Why not? <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> Just two more years. Yeah. I, know. I don't think that? I did two years of college like, <laughs> or high school. I, like, I didn't even get there. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Years, I yeah. know. I'm a glutton for punishment really. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but when I first started, like it wasn't social media wasn't huge. And so just over the last so many years, we're trying to keep up with how this is really affecting people. And yeah. I think what you see in the news and the media now about, you know, how these likes are affecting people's self-esteem and their mental health as a whole, depression and suicide and, you know, and they're trying to hide the likes and all this stuff. Mm. And, but, you know, at the same time, you, you yourself still see these likes, mm-hmm. You know, even though they're not there for the rest of the, you know, social media to look at, they're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's the focus, you know, when when you are really affected by it, it's something that that you have to really understand. OK, why am I posting this? You know, why or why am I looking at this account a lot or who am I following? What does my feed look like um, or how am I using social media? And it is really something that you have to kind of reflect on when you are, when it's making you feel bad or if it's making you feel excited, you know, yeah. what, so what is it about this that you're using it for, mm-hmm. you know, and especially with, with young adults and kids, you know, I'm, I'm petrified mm-hmm. at raising my kids around social media because I didn't grow up with it all. How great was life without it? Oh my it? gosh. I mean, we actually went outside and did things. Yeah. You know, we played, we, we had to like call the, the, the family's house. Yes. Like la- an actual landline. Uh-huh. Like people don't have landlines anymore. No. Or stand next to the phone and talk on it. Yeah. Right. In the yeah. kitchen or like yeah. try to get a long cord or, you know. Yeah. Or like you call, you call, you trying to get in touch with your, your, your buddy and you call the dad and the dad's like, oh no, he's, he's outside right now playing. I can't get in, you know, I can't get in touch with him. I'm right. like, yeah, but I got to talk to him. Right. Now forget it. Right. Right. Or, or they can't door. come to the phone. They're grounded. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know? I remember back in the day, my buddy was like, the dad was like, oh, he's on the piano right now. He's taking lessons. I'm like, <laughs> guy, man. I just want to <laughs> hang out with him. I know. 
Forget it now, you know. Yeah. God, now they're on their phones playing video games, and mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. society is scary, mm-hmm. ugly. I hate to say it. It's it's kind of ugly. It is, and I think yeah, and really looking at that negative aspect, right? It's really hard to to not see it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's really difficult to not see it and how it's affecting us um, personally as a society. Um, and it's just putting all of us out there in a way that's really vulnerable. And I think, you know, the one thing to, that I'm trying to focus on with trying to raise Kelly and and this new baby is that understanding, okay, why are we using it? What is it for, you know, yes, it could be so amazing and so helpful, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we have to know who we are as people and, you know, what our yeah. worth is. But at the same time, it's really difficult. I mean, you just mentioned earlier about, like, self, like, insecurities, and we all have them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just balancing that. But, man, yeah. Ugh, uh, That's hard. Three years old, Kelly, yeah. your, your little boy, and I'm positive he knows how to use Apple product, right? <laughs> yes. Have you thrown him like an iPad or whatever? I mean, right? No, we haven't gotten haven't him an iPad yet? yet, but he iPhone? took my phone yeah. and he knows how to get to the calculator. He knows how to open his pi- the pictures. Yeah. It's incredible. So you haven't you haven't put the iPad in front of him like when he's crying, you kind of throw no, him. Okay, no, that's good. Not yet. That's awesome. He hasn't he that's hasn't like been new, around. That's the new pacifier nowadays. It is. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I um we don't have he hasn't been around a lot of kids that have the iPad yet either. Okay. So he's pretty content with his matchbox and, and his hot awesome. wheels and Love it. and so you know still that makes dad very happy because dad is in is a car guy. He's so a car guy. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about insecurities. <laughs> what what tools to get over insecurities? Hmm. Uh, also different for everyone, of course, but I think it's understanding and being aware of what they are. Like why you know, what's making you insecure about it? Yeah. You know, you know, you probably don't remember this. We were all out to dinner, the group of us, uh-huh. so all of us guys and girls. Uh-huh. And you were talking to me about this is probably three, four years ago. You were talking to me about just that topic, insecurities. Mm. And you're like, we're actually I was talking to you about work. Mm. And you're like, I, we're actually doing things with people who are insecure about things. Mm. And, a, and a good tool is like mm-hmm. I was eating. Bro- we were at Panda Inn. Oh. And I was eating broccoli. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. I don't know if you remember this. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep going. Yeah. 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 And you're like, you're eating broccoli. But let's say you don't like broccoli. You don't enjoy broccoli. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you keep saying the word broccoli over and over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. and over again until mm-hmm. you get over it. Mm-hmm. Because then you tell yourself, that's not that bad because I'm telling myself mm-hmm. about it. But if you didn't mm-hmm. like broccoli, you're like, oh, broccoli. I, don't, I can't even mention the word. But if you right. mention the word, then you, you have a chance to get over it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really good tool right right it's because because you're confronting it exactly you are really saying okay well what is it why is it there yeah you know like any anything from a physical attribute to something that you know you're not really confident in you know as an as an early career psychologist going into the field i still have those you know going into internship i still had that um um, what is it called? Um, I'm losing my words. I think I've, you know, pregnancy brain is, is affecting me at the <laughs> is moment. A, is a thing. Oh, oh, imposter syndrome. Okay. Yes. So yeah. have you heard that term before? No. Man, it is real. So, and I think a lot of people experience that when they are new at something. Um, but at the same time, they have the experience. 
they have the knowledge and, but it's just not the confidence yet to know that, no, I do have it. I can use it and I am effective. Mm. And it is, it's a huge thing that it's hard to get over until you are aware like, oh, I did do that. Mm-hmm. I was okay. I felt good coming out of it. I got the response I needed or not the response I needed, but I got the response that I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And so until you can, you know, see that and kind of, um, what's the word, kind of balance that evidence of saying that those are those negative thoughts again mm-hmm. of like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough or I'm not strong enough or yeah. I'm not uh, man enough. You know, I think it's exploring it too, Lena. I totally. think, right. I feel like we don't explore enough. No. I feel like we're in our, our everyday lives doing our everyday thing mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, I'm comfortable with what I am. And when we become mm-hmm. comfortable, mm-hmm. we're not able to like get out of our little bubble and then mm-hmm. we get anxious about something because we're not familiar with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once you step out of it and you get mm-hmm. to do something else, you're like, oh, shit, I'm growing. I'm growing as a human. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, there's that there's that saying, if, if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not growing or you're not learning more or you're not. You know, 100% yeah. agree with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, distractions. How do you how about distractions? That's a big deal, too. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you turn off distractions? Well, distractions can be good, yeah, and c- distractions can be really uh, detrimental for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's it just depends on what, like you know, what exactly you are trying to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, why'd you say it was? Yeah. Why'd you say it was good? Because I, you know, we we were talking about meditation. We were talking about being mindful um, and different coping skills and being social. Those are all types of distraction mm-hmm. from the negative mm-hmm. thoughts. Okay. And so they can be good, but it's how you use them, you know, just like with, um, you know, um, dealing with any mental health issue, mm-hmm. like dealing with a hard time with grief or loss or trauma or, you know, distraction, alcohol could be distracting, mm-hmm. you know, from, mm-hmm. from really exploring what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about really taking the time to explore. Um, but at the same time, if you can't focus and you know, and you're aware of like, oh, why can't I get this done? Why can't I focus on what I need to do during the day? Well, why, what is it that you need to do during the day? Is that important to you? You know, what, what is it going to, are you afraid of something is there some type of fear that if you do get into this what is that going to be like Mm -hmm. and to be able to sit and kind of understand and explore what that's like then maybe those distractions can lessen Hmm. and can quiet down Mm -hmm. um how about add adhd front you know i mean doctor you go to a doctor they're going to prescribe you pills i mean what do you you, what's your take on that i don't know i feel like with medication as a psychologist i feel like medication can really help. Um, but consulting with a psychiatrist is really important for to do that. But I think in conjunction with therapy is the best way. It's the most effective, um, treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, and just understanding where the distract, what's going on, you know, when, when children are being distracted at school or like what with ADHD, um, ADHD, yeah, ADHD, and, um, they come in for testing, let's say, you know, we do a huge length 
a long battery of tests and we test, okay, where are they not focusing? Is it more of like this deficient deficiency in math or reading or writing? Where is it? But before we do any of those tests, we real we try to explore, okay, where are they quote unquote misbehaving? Where are they being distracted? What, what's coming up for them? Because sometimes they don't come in saying, okay, I'm, I'm so, these kids are too distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it has to happen all over. It has to happen at school and at home and with their, with their friends Mm -hmm. to really understand, okay, let's try to pinpoint if this is ADHD or not. So there's a lot that goes into it because you have to understand like, okay, it's affecting their whole life, not just at school. Mm-hmm. And with ADHD, are you like, are you kind of asking about as adults or as, in general. as children or in yeah. general? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In general. But at the same time with medication, that can be so helpful too, because you know, you can start at a low dose. You don't have to go like full dose right away and hopefully you know, everybody, you have kind of a team working for you, trying to uh, understand and see, okay, how is this affecting you? Mm-hmm. What are, how are you feeling on it? Are you, are you feeling like it's working? Are you feeling more, you know, more focused? Any long-term effects though? Probably, yes. I think yeah. so. I don't, I'm not too familiar with the okay. research. I'm not too familiar okay. with the ADHD okay. and the, and like Ritalin, like the, um, you know, or the other medication, you know, that type of research. But I do know that it's most effective with therapy and with like, you know, some type of like school plan. Um, But as long as everybody's on board and parents are on board, Mm -hmm. I I know that. But I know that long, like if you're on it long term, it does have effects. I don't think that it's it's supposed to be really long term treatment, medical treatment. Okay. I feel like the a child's attention span has lessened over the years, like dramatically. Mm. Is it do you know the average attention span on a kid? Like if you put something in front of their face on like uh, on their on their phone or something, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's got to be seconds, right? Like I can't imagine a kid like I feel like even these shows people see it's an hour long. Like I don't have time for that shit. Right. (laughs) I think so. Each developmental stage has their own attention Mm -hmm. span, you know, kind of, um, uh, window. Mm -hmm. And it's in, so one little tidbit, a friend of mine, her husband is an air traffic controller and they take breaks every 15 minutes because they have to have hyper focus on what, mm. where the planes are doing so they take a break every 15 minutes come back to the screen so just that in itself to be hyper focused is not that long yeah. you know but also i think wow. with with netflix and with you know these shows of what you you just talked about i think it has to do with what is going on outside of just our focus of what we're trying to watch a show oh yeah there's so much that we're doing now we want to have like our hands and feet and everything it's so (laughs) rare that i can watch even a game that i'm extremely passionate about Mm -hmm. that i'm just into the game itself and nothing around the game like my attention span is like you you don't even know one time i took a pre um a pre-workout pill Uh uh-huh and it was the scariest thing i've ever taken in my life because I was watching the game, okay. and for the first time in my life, uh-huh. there was nothing else on my mind besides that game. So, what what was a pre workout pill f- supposed to do for you? I don't rem- I don't remember. It was like a blood. It was like a blood thing going to your brain. I don't yeah. I don't remember what it was for. But huh. I threw it away. Did you? It freaked me <laughs> you the hell it. out. 
I was like, do. this is awesome. But at the yeah. same time, no, what I remember somebody, somebody was talking to me in the room. I yeah. swear to God, somebody was talking to me in the room and I, I didn't even realize they were talking to me until really? afterwards. It was no so scary. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. It felt good, but I knew it wasn't natural. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't, there's no way I can do this to my body. Mm-hmm. There's no possible mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that feeling and I know I've got something in me where I ha- I don't have my attention span is so poor but it's okay because I feel yeah. like I- I'm I'm not okay with just staying still too you know mm-hmm. I, I want my mm-hmm. mind to keep thinking and keep growing and, and keep going so true it's, true it's not that bad of a yeah. thing but yeah but like but what you're saying is like is, is that something that you want to focus on do you want to sit at a game or watch a game and have your focus there yeah and I do. but is but also is that natural to really be focused and, and how long are you talking about a baseball game? Yep. So it's like three, three hour hours. game. Yep. Yeah. So that's a long time to it be is. focused in on a game. It is. And I think it's completely natural that your mind can, mm-hmm. can go to other places and come back. Wander. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah. If there's anything, I, I think it, um, because I'm so passionate about sports, I think mm-hmm. that's probably the only time I'm away from real life mm-hmm. and it makes me feel the best. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. there's, Sure, I'm. There's probably five minutes there where I'm not thinking about anything. But like mm-hmm. you said, there's there's mm-hmm. so much going on. A Netflix show, forget it. I I'm. If it's a 50 minute show or something, mm-hmm. I can watch it. But I'm I'm looking at my phone at least 10 times. Oh it my gosh, the phone. Nuts. I know. It's the worst. Be, and then and then you find yourself like, hey, why am I looking at this <sighs> phone? But I just I have to rewind because I didn't hear what they said. Exactly. <laughs> Right now, the yes. fifty-minute show is like an hour and a half. Yes, like, yes. dude, you just wasted forty yes. minutes. Like, wake up, man! Yes. Let's just watch this thing and get over with. And the phone is so attractive because there's <sighs> so much going on in your phone. Yeah. So many things you're checking. You're checking email. You're mm-hmm. checking Instagram. You're checking if you know somebody is watching your Insta story. If you got a question, you know what I mean. It's like so oh, stupid. It's yeah. so stupid. It's hard. I though. can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> somebody asked if you read the book "Many Lives, Many Masters." Hmm. Never mm-hmm. heard of it? No. Somebody hypnotizes you okay. and takes you back. Supposedly the book is about that, but it's about us living in other people's lives and like Ooh. reincarnated and we're living their lives. Whoa. Yeah. Might be a book you might want to check out. I don't wow. know. Yeah. So he huh. read this book and uh-huh. he's he wants to know also what you think about uh, being hypnotized and like and mediums. Whoa. I think it's fascinating. Mm. I really, I mean, I I don't have much um, professional experience with um, hip. Um, how would you say hypnotists? Yes. Um, or um, or that realm of that, but it is if it's helpful for people, why not? Have you ever seen the show Medium on E with I've, that kid? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's he just like scribbles oh on gosh. paper and yes, the blonde the blonde yeah. kid, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's fascinating. So fascinating. And how, what I love about that show is how he's making these, his clients feel afterwards. Yeah. Like there's some answers that are getting, there's some questions that are being answered there for them mm. and to help them feel at peace and, and which I find so heartwarming and just so healing and because that's something that they were looking for. Mm. And so whether people believe in that or not, it, what it's doing, it's helping. Mm-hmm. For, for them or for some people. What about video games? Do you think it causes problems with the brain? Oh, yeah, there's, I'm not too familiar with 
with the depth of research that's been, um, because there's so much research on how video games have affected or affect our brain, um, you know, whether it's anywhere from being aggressive to the benefits of it, of focusing and, um, but it does, there's one thing about like the attention and, um, and the focus that it, it does kind of engage our brains with. Um, and then there's this other side of this, um, kind of emotional response that, that is being pulled out of us when we're playing those, what call of duty mm-hmm. and those crazy mm-hmm. fighting games and yeah. they're incredibly realistic. And mm-hmm. so there was one thing that I remember, um, reading about it's, um, it's how it affects um, our fight and flight response of, you know, kind of that threat that our body feels. And so when we're kind of put into that situation, our body responds in ways that is not natural for a long period of time. So, you know, you've heard of the fight or flight response, right? Uh-uh. No. So, so when, so let's say that, so what it is is that your body perceives perceives that it is in danger and so it goes into this fight or fight response um kind of mode they also have added freeze to this because your body can freeze up and that is how your body and it will help you survive so like let's say you're you're being attacked by a tiger right you know, long time ago in evolutionary you know kind of research in 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 time you're being attacked by or getting going to get attacked by a tiger, you're going to either run or you are going to fight it. And so at that moment, your body has to understand, okay, I have to go into this mode. Mm -hmm. So what happens physiologically is that your organs do different things to help get you this energy help like the adrenaline is going there's cortisol flowing and through your brain to the rest of your body. And it's giving you kind of this, this, um, this, this kind of vessel to kind of fight or get away as fast as you can. So when we are put in these situations, your body responds. And your, um, and then it also comes out in, in um, kind of your emotions as well. So let's say that like, okay, so you're, you're playing Call of Duty, right? And you're you're being attacked and you have to figure out all these strategies to kind of which weapon, I don't, I don't know the game yeah. itself, but, yeah. um, but let's just uh, say I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you pick, you pick sure. your weapon and you pick your, you know, which way you have to go and you turn around, you shoot and you, and you know, if you get shot, blah, blah, blah you know, all that, uh, whatever situation, your body, even though you're sitting relaxed in your chair, your and your thumbs are just moving mm-hmm. and your eyes are darting, your body is, re- is perceiving that there is actual threat. So if you're in this at a long period of time and you end up being called away by, let's say, a girlfriend or you have to go into work and like you are just like super tensed up and you're just like ready Mm -hmm. to go because you've been fighting this game for a while. If somebody then triggers you or asks you a certain question and you like snap, you're still in this mode. So it takes a little time to kind of decompress. And so that is where the yeah. brain is is shifting and that is how it's affecting the brain and the the different chemicals and, and, and things like mm. that. So I don't know, does, does that make sense? It does. How, how I, it and I totally believe that. Yeah. I totally believe that because I think as humans, we mm-hmm. kind of just get into a certain mode if we're doing it for so long, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I, and 
I mean, if you're if you have a weapon and you're shooting people, I mean, I hate saying it, but these 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 school shootings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like it, it turns into reality. It does. For, it, and it's so real if you watch it. I mean, my some of my nephews play it and I'm looking at this thing. And I'm like, man, that that mm-hmm. is real. Like, don't get locked up in stuff like this, you know? Right. I mean, it can. I mean, it can turn into that. I mean, it, for a lot of people, it doesn't. Um, and that's where a lot of the research has been for a long time is if it, does it make you aggressive? Does mm-hmm. it make you want to become a killer? Does it make you, and I think some of the research has said that it doesn't necessarily make you do anything. It's what's already biologically inside of you. What's going on? What, where are you emotionally, mm. um, you know, like the up, like just upbringing your family, your relationships, how you're able to cope, what you're you're stressed out about. You makes know what I mean? Sense. So many different things yeah, that, that play sense. into this. So it's almost that, like, yeah, you are if you're predisposed to, to like you know shifting like that, and 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 you have access to, you know, um, yeah. weapons and things like that. Of course, it's like this perfect storm. That makes sense. Do uh, psychologists need psychologists? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. That's awesome. I think, yes. Uh, um, Because it's really... Yeah, it's like, who do you guys go to, right? Right, yeah. yeah. You're, you're humans. You're not mm-hmm. robots. Yeah, you hold a lot for your clients. And, you know, which means that they come in and they talk about their problems and their concerns and what they're going through. And sometimes they have never said word to anyone else except you. Mm. So you're really holding this for them and you're sitting there with them. And so, yes, where do, where do you take that? Mm. You know, and you have to learn like how to not take it home, but then also, yeah, we need to kind of express what's going on inside of us too and how it's making us feel and what's coming up for us. Yeah. You know, it's the whole, whole thing of, um, you know, putting that oxygen mask on yourself first before you help others. And it's really understanding, you know, I think to kind of cut away for a second, it's understanding, um, like what's going on inside of you before, you know, being that awareness mm-hmm. uh, before helping others. And I think within grad school, my my education, my schooling has done a really good job of really focusing on, okay, how is this affecting you? Um, what's coming up for you when you hear this kind of thing, when you hear these things? And I think I personally, I've grown so much in my graduate program, learning about myself, learning about who I am and, you know, why, what makes me me and what makes me respond certain to certain things in my relationships. Um, it's really opened a lot of uh, reflection and which is fantastic, which I'm really open to. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't and it's difficult. And so that's that's also good to know too, you know? So yeah, definitely we need our own therapists. And sometimes if we don't, and if we don't feel like we need that focus in on therapy, we have consultation groups where we meet up with other psychologists um, to talk about things like, you know, um, and just to have help you know, to kind of go through things, but then also very, you know, kept everything very confidential, mm-hmm, of, of course. Of course, yeah. So do you use Rhett as a psychologist when you get home? Um, not with my work, but yeah. like, you no, know. No, but like, no, not not with like those type of questions. Yeah. Like Rhett, I, you know. Oh, of course. Throw some things at him and like. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. I, I think feel like he'd be a good candidate for that. He is, he's so patient yeah. and really understanding. He's a great listener, but I think, you know, just with gender differences, somehow 
men want to fix things right away. Sure. And so that, and I, and with my girlfriends, you know, it's all about listening and just being there. And I think, and they've told me, you know, about their um, significant others that happen happens too. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, communicating with him that that's not what I need at that time, mm -hmm. you know? And I think communication is huge. And if that's not there, then yeah, I don't think without the communication, I couldn't have gotten through this program without yeah, him. Like he was, he's been so amazing yeah. and so, um, patient and supportive and yeah. Yeah. Uh, dementia. Mm. That's mm -hmm. a, that's a, it's a brain. That's a, right. Mm -hmm. How, mm -hmm. what, how does that, I'll, I'll make it elementary. How does that happen? <laughs> well, a lot of things can, can affect it affect your brain in that way um aging is just kind of a basic way that it can affect it but at the same time there's other diseases that can bring that about even more so um i know parkinson's also has this um uh kind of connection with dimension so you could have that um we have had um family experience with that very close mm. um uh, Rhett's dad passed away from Parkinson's with dementia and um, just watching that was very yeah. and experiencing that was and that loss was very very difficult um, my grandmother is is showing signs of dementia um, I've had um, school um, experience with uh, working with uh, Alzheimer's patients and so bringing them in for testing and learning about there's so many first of all there's so many different types of dementia and and different types of dementia affect different t parts of the brain and so a neuropsychologist I did a, a year-long training at uh, in a neuropsychology uh, track at UCLA and working with older adults and so they would come in and um, their question is okay what's happening why why is my mother acting this way? Um, how can I better help them? Do, do they need, you know, 24 hour care? Yeah. Um, and so we would, um, I would administer a really long battery, just like, you know, the different tests of ADHD or ADD. Um, and that would give us some answers of, you know, what they're deficient in, whether it's memory, whether it's um, language, um, whether it's mood. Um, some of it, some dementias really affect your mood and your personality and it brings up this aggressive nature right. in you. And so it changes, dementia changes every, different parts of your brain. And with, you know, Alzheimer's, it's really difficult to treat because it's so, you know, it's, yeah. in every they say if the you don't, they say if you don't use it, you'll lose it, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of that happens to people who just retire. Right. And mm -hmm. so they're, they're kind of just sitting around more or less and not really doing much with the brain. Mm -hmm. I mean, even exercise and eating well and drinking water and crossword puzzles would probably help the cause too. Right. As mm -hmm. you age, mm -hmm. I mean, you got to put the brain to work at all times. I would think right? you are so right. You are so right. And the people, the people that would come in to get these tests, the ones that, um, had longer schooling or a different, you know, a professional career that they worked longer in their life, they had a better kind of prognosis of, mm -hmm. of how they would, um, how, how the, um, disease would progress actually. So it would, it wouldn't progress as fast. Um, but 
when you are diagnosed and when this is happening, um, there's so many things that you can do, but then there's also things that you want to, that can threaten even the, the faster progression of this. So it's like exactly what you said, keep your brain working, keep reading, keep, keep doing like putting things together. If you like that, keep building things, keep creative. If you're an artist. I feel like I feel like exactly. when we when we're older we're like infants. I mean, you mm-hmm. gotta kind of treat us like them. Like you know, with, right. with with kids, you put puzzles together. You you get in stuff and you put in their hands and they're mm-hmm. putting in circles and mm-hmm. squares and mm-hmm. you know learning the alphabet and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. it's 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 a complete one eighty. It's a whole turn of events. Like when you were a kid, and you have to kind of treat your brain that way. And it's incredible because there's some dementias that the the patient or the person that's going through it knows what's going on, mm. and sometimes they don't. Mm. And so that's the heartbreaking thing. But then that's also uh, the where patience and where that support needs to come in full force. But also, like, also the kind of you know awareness or the acceptance from the family has to come in. Sure. And and when you say like tr- yeah, you have to treat them like they're young children mm-hmm. because it's. But also with with patience, mm-hmm. you know, you're not like with Kelly. I'm not going to get mad at him because he doesn't, you know, know how to put together this puzzle. Well, he can't yet. He's not at that developmental stage to do that. And then maybe with my grandmother, if she can't do it fast enough, I can't get mad at her because she used to know it. Yeah, yeah she used to know it. But at this point right now, it's difficult for her because her brain's not working as fast or yeah. it's not working as well together. Yeah. And so that's the patience. And, you know, the routine is really great um, to keep um, familiar people around, um, you know, the, the amount of care that needs to be there, you know, God forbid something happens, they fall down, Mm -hmm. you know, um, they get disoriented strokes are also really, you know, common at that point too. So, and it can affect old age sucks, man. Oh, it's getting old sucks. Getting old sucks. I know it really does. Um, yeah. Uh, one last question we got from Instagram. Uh, what advice do you have for those who sleep for three hours, then wake up and are unable to fall back asleep because their brains won't turn off? Oh, I know. It's so frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating to be sitting there looking at the clock yeah. and to just watch how I, it How do go. I get back to where I was? Yes, yes. Well, first thing, don't turn on the TV. Don't turn on mm. your phone because just, just the blue light of that it stimulates your brain too much especially when you just came out of that sleep um also get out of bed if you notice that this is happening along like if this is happening every day um get out of bed and or or well sit there for a little while see if you could go back to sleep lay lay in bed lay in bed and and try to go back to sleep Um, try some breathing exercises. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Medi- breathing, yeah. yes. It's everything. But sometimes that doesn't work. Okay. And sometimes you're just too frustrated. You're at that point. So get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Don't turn on too many lights, but maybe think about doing something that's really mundane. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got to sort my laundry. I got Maybe I'll throw a, lot of, a load of laundry in. Or let's you know organize my books or pick up a book and read it something that's like not too stimulating Mm. you know or or a magazine that you haven't you know read in a while or you've gotten to um something that's really not super active but not something that you're super like geared up to do yeah sooner or later maybe that you're falling asleep and the magazine's on you 
right? Exactly. And you're kind of like passed out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes uh, like uh, be like, well, you know, I don't want to do laundry. I'd rather try to go sleep. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just the sure. thought of, of yeah. getting up and doing laundry could yeah. be tiring. But at the same time, like if this is persistent and you're not getting the sleep that you need, then to go and, and, and get some, some sleep treatment or something like that. Lena, I have an app that's called Headspace. Yes. Do you use it? I've used it just like in the introductory. Same. Oh, same. I really like his voice. So I know that, <laughs> that English guy, whatever yes, he is, right? It's yeah. Great. So I was using him okay. and there was a time when actually every time I'd use it, there was a time every time I'd use it, I'd wake up in the mornings and I didn't remember when I fell asleep. That's how great this thing knocked me out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, within like seven to ten minutes, I'm out. Yeah. And then I wake up in the morning. I'm like, wait a second. When did that session end? Uh-huh. I, I recommend Headspace to, to him. I do, too. Headspace I think it's app fantastic. is amazing. Yes. Yeah. 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 You, you spoke about routines. What What's your routine every day? Um, so for right now, I'm at home with with my son. I'm still working on dissertation. So my routine, are you talking about sleep routine or just routine? In general, like what I'm doing Monday through Friday. Hmm. Wake up about six 30. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what time Kelly wakes up, getting him some breakfast. We eat, hang out. Um, either the first or second half of the day. Um, my mother, or my mother-in-law helped me take care of Kelly so I can nice. go to a coffee shop and work on dissertation. That's great. Yeah. Kelly's going to school now or no? He's, he just started preschool. Cool. So two days a week and a few hours a day. Um, and he is working through it. He, he's on his like second, third week this week. Yeah. He started off really great, not crying for me yeah. or, or Rhett. And then last week he freaked out and he just did not want to stay. Mm. So he is understanding that mommy will always come back and understanding that I will come back. And, and that even though I'm not there, that I am still, yeah. his, you know, yeah. I, I will still come back. And for get sure. Him. Give so, him that, give him that confidence. Yeah. He says, mommy, I'm going to miss you. And he's crying. <laughs> well, even in, in, in studio today, he came yeah. and, and you're with Rhett and Kelly and, and mm-hmm. Rhett was going to go down and get your um, headphones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, where did daddy go? And you're like, oh, he'll be right back. No, mm-hmm. I want to go see him now. Oh yeah. That's Everything's awesome. now. So <laughs> he <great>. just, yeah. <laughs> hey, does he Rhett just, ever throw things at you as a psychologist? Um, no, not, not in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. I think, um, cause he, yeah, he thinks that I have this special power yeah. or something. For sure. <laughs> He's like, oh, for I don't sure. want you to use your powers on me. <laughs> He's so Leave funny. me alone. Yeah. Let's just go to dinner and But little does he know. Right? <laughs> See, you guys all have that tool. You really do. Like you look at a person and you have, you have, there's an intuition about you guys. That, right? You feel it. You I, know something's happening. Everyone says to, like, I've talked about this with my friends too, uh, my my psychology friends about, like, you get this all the time, like, oh, I don't want you to analyze me. I can't sure. talk to you for so long, yep. for too long. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> True or no? No, no. So not you're, not at all. O- you're not always working? Like, is it always on for you? The switch is always on or no? No, no. Because it's, it's good. It's difficult, you know? And plus, it's, it, sometimes it's really it's hard you That's know good. to to it's try to you keep can track take it out and escape it yeah and and, and of it. course there's other times where if you if you're not getting a, let's say you know i'm not getting along with a friend or or somebody I just met i just don't there's something that we're not clicking or something yeah i'm i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna sure. figure out like well, wait a minute why aren't they clicking for me what so that that's where you know my exploration or reflection will come in because it, it's dealing with 
my ability to relate no or, you know, but, you know, the whole kind of like, oh, you're analyzing me. I can't, you know. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Like, I'm no, not, not really. <laughs> We're just having lunch. Like, if you'd like me to, we can set up a time. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> exactly. You know. Right. I feel like I've got a high intuition, too. I feel like I can figure out a person on the phone. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's that's such a good quality yeah. and it's, I think not, of course not everybody has it, but yeah, it's, it's something that you feel. Yeah. What is it for you? How do you feel? It's that? just an energy thing. And I think it's yeah. just the way somebody just presents themselves or talks mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I don't know something mm-hmm. about it. I, I, I just feel there, there's, there's lines of energy there mm-hmm. that you can fill with a person. Mm-hmm. And I think right away you either click or you don't. And I think you can figure that out quick. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah think that, that comes over time. No, and I think that's something that you feel. And I think with with you, I mean, especially with how you're in, you know, to interviewing people and really talk and you're a social person, you are someone that will pick up on that mm-hmm. because that's important to you. And that's what kind of makes you go mm-hmm. is, you know, that kind of human interest mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. of really understanding, okay, can I talk to this person? Cause I, that's, that's who I am for sure. And that's who, you know, you are. And we got to bring excitement and entertainment to the show. So if you're going to sit there and be a dud, right. I'm not going to be your friend and you're not coming <laughs> on the show. So yeah. like, okay, that's it. Uh, yeah. Last one. We're stuck. We're, we're, this is the first time I'm doing this. Okay. Your pet peeves. My pet peeves. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I, let me I'll give you some more time okay. with this. Okay. On the way to work today. Yeah. Um, I have a huge pet peeve. Okay. Huge, huge. When I leave, when I let somebody in the lane and I go out of my way to let them in uh-huh. as I'm driving uh-huh. or like there's a driveway and I don't have to let you in, but I let you in and they don't say thank you. That drives me right. crazy. Oh my goodness. Like a wave would oh, be nice, right? right. <laughs> drives me nuts. Nuts. I, always, yeah. I always make sure to wait. I'm like, you know, they're, they're allowing me to go. Thanks so much. Just want to let you yes, know. I, right. I, I, yeah, like you're going, I notice of, it. I'm going out of my way right. to let you in. Just put your hand up and say, thanks. Yes. Make me feel a little better. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I yes. want to hit the car. And now, now I'm behind you and I want to, I can smash you so hard. Right. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you just say thank you? It could have been so simple and easy. <laughs> right. A little gratitude yeah, would just, be nice. You know? So yeah. do you have one besides that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's um Oh, well, being at, at coffee shops or or studying in school, this one just comes into mind. I don't know why, but it's loud chewers oh the worst and why would somebody bring in a bag of chips into the library the worst right yeah i mean coffee shops is 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 different because you know no i'm i'm going there to work or on my yeah. computer but and and co- you talk and it's and, a little bit louder yeah but um but just yeah loud chewers how about when they like open <laughs> their terrible. mouths and, and chew oh, it's, it's so gross that's horrible <laughs> i can't you know those those uh, Carl's Jr. commercials yes. that try to make it really sexy. Yes. yes. Okay. I, I get it. How they're supposed to be sexy, but mm-hmm. at the same time, and they're opening their mouth and yeah. you see the, f- Oh no, I can't Food deal. Dropping. I can't deal. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Lena, I yeah. can't thank you enough for coming. This oh. was, this was seriously extremely educational. Oh, good. It really was for me. And I think for everybody else, Oh, I'm so um, glad. what I took away from it mm-hmm. most importantly is that, you got to find your passion. Mm. I think that mm-hmm. is the most important thing in everybody's life is mm-hmm. find your passion because mm-hmm. you don't want to wake up in the morning and be miserable. I've mm-hmm. said it before. Life is short, but it could be really mm-hmm. miserable if you're not doing what you love every day. Right. So you got to find your passion because mm-hmm. you find your passion and you're enjoying life, mm-hmm. you know, and life is beautiful, man. So you, you got to find it. Yeah. You got to find it. And you got to do it. And with that passion kind of shows you 
what your motivation is yes. and why you're doing what you're doing. And yeah. And I think that's why I'm focusing on athletes with my dissertation or else I wouldn't make, I've been working on this dissertation for years. Yeah. So without that kind of motivation of knowing that, yes, I'm passionate about this, it's making me keep going. And yeah. I mean, with 304 years of schooling that you've done, <laughs> there's <laughs> definitely a passion. Yes. So congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And, um, and same to you. This is luck. really fun. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I and, really appreciate um, that. You're welcome. And uh, beautiful family. Mm, Kelly's awesome. You. Rhett is the best. Thanks. I wish you guys I nothing but the so best. Too. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lena. Funny story. At the start of the show, we were talking for about 10, 12, 15 minutes or so. I looked down at my recorder and it wasn't recording. I stopped Lena as she was talking, the poor thing. And I said, uh, Lena, I'm probably going to need a psychologist now myself. Because I didn't hit the record button. I've never done that before. I, it was it was a terrible feeling because poor Lena's sitting here. She's got a kid who's three years old. She's got a husband. They both showed up to the studio. And the kid is a three-year-old kid. He's going to run around the studio. He's going to make noise. So my f- poor friend, her husband, was sitting in the car with him. And <laughs> I'm over here wasting their time <laughs> for 12 minutes. But she was awesome. We laughed about it. Uh, and this show turned out, I think, very well. So I believe um, that was one of the most informative shows. So many great tools we can all use in our everyday lives to be better humans. You know, simply put. Like she said, you know, life life is great. And you got to just find ways that and do things that make you happy. And if you're not happy for a certain amount of time, hopefully it's a short amount of time, do things that make you happy. You know, use those tools, meditation, yoga, sports, people, whatever it is, do it, do it, man, do it. I am Mike Gabriel. This is Miked Up Pod. Follow me on all social media platforms at Miked Up Pod. No wasted days, folks. Good night, everybody.